Hello and welcome back to The Carp Report. Joining us this week from Orange, it's Chris Preen. Chris, thanks for taking the time to speak to us here. Yeah, no worries at all, Preen. Where did your karting journey begin? Um, my, yeah, my karting journey sort of began, um, my actual kart racing journey began at the, the start of 96. Um, I was lucky enough to get a to get a little Demon XP with a coma on it um, as a Christmas present. Um, and, yeah, so I was nine at the time. I had a, I had a crack at it when I was, uh, I think, seven or eight from memory. Um, but it was pretty clear that I was a bit young and not really all that ready for it. <laughs> and then um, did yeah. you go through the ranks? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, raced midgets sort of at, at club level and then went to zone and sort of state level and then into a, a very short stint in rookies to um, juniors. Um, you know, I ran uh, junior, junior national, junior clubman, had um, one race meeting in junior piston port um, and then, yeah, then on to, on to seniors and... and um, you know, a bit of a break and then a bit of a return to, to do some driver training and that sort of stuff. And now I'm doing the, um, the Formula 100 in the RKA series. The retro carts have really gained a lot of momentum nowadays, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's just, it's kind of, I mean, it's a, I guess it maybe it's a little bit of a cliche or an overused term, but like Ed and Center always said that it was, um, you know, it was pure racing and, and, and Formula 100 is about as pure as you can get, in my opinion. What's the difference in a Formula 100 race to racing in the cut and thrust of um, a performance, uh, a performance, uh, senior performance or uh, into one of the tag classes? Well, I mean, I mean, basically... Formula 100 has come from intercontinental A, Formula A, Formula Super A sort of thing. So they were, um, they were like uh, KF um, or KA1 or, you know, they, they were the top level um, in the 90s. Um, so basically if you wanted to equate it to sort of tag, it's, it's a lot lighter and a bit faster than, than say, um, X30 or whatever and probably comparable to KF. But you're still running an air-cooled engine and no clutch. Yeah, so, yeah, um, uh, direct drive, 100cc, 24-millimeter um, carby, um, and, yeah, so they make about... Um, you know, they make around about 30 horsepower and, and they'll do sort of 20,000 RPM depending on how you want to configure and gear it. Um, so they're pretty sort of thrilling, I guess, to drive. You know, they're nice and they're light. They've got a really strong um, sort of very aggressive power delivery and, um, and a you know, reasonable grip run on MG yellows. And, um, yeah, they're just they're a lot of fun. And did you go... Up in February and run at Puckapanyol, or go down, I should say, to Puckapanyol for the first round of the national series. 
No, we, um, I actually haven't raced since um, uh, Lithgow last year. Um, I had a little girl. Had a little girl after that, so <laughs> that sort of put a dampener on things for a little while. But um, I'm hoping to run um, run maybe Dubbo um, this year, and maybe maybe the, one of the final rounds. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. Mm. So, for you, the COVID nineteen shutdown hasn't really curtailed your racing, because uh, with a young one, it makes it even harder to get away. Yeah, to be honest, it's probably a, a, a blessing in disguise, so to speak. Um, it's sort of, you know, the the uh, the pressure, the pressure on myself to decide whether I can or can't race. That you know, the decision was made for me. So. <laughs> The the other thing you've been doing is you started your own business, TPR. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so I I've, I've run TPR in, in sort of um, varying capacities since about two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Um, originally, I, I started the business to. Um, do do the blueprinting for um, Shane Piper for his engines. Um, at the time, he had a he had a, a quite a large customer base and a large influx of customers, and he he didn't have time to build and blueprint. So, um, being a being a toolmaker, he sort of he asked me to um, sort of take the load off in there, and then it just kind of evolved through quite a few different things. But recently, it's um, been getting right into the three D printing and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So basically, you're making new old parts for the retro carts. Yeah, yeah, doing a, doing a little bit of that, making um, you know bushes and 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 clips and all sorts of weird and wonderful pieces like that. But um, yeah, also making um, axle like cub spaces and um, uh, carburetor covers and 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 port blanking covers when your engine's off the cart and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and you're doing that pri- primarily in plastic, or are you 3D printing in metal as well? Uh, no, uh, no metals. I, um, I'm, I'm um, looking enviously at, at, at some of those machines, but um, yeah, mainly plastics. Um, you know, carbon fiber reinforced plastics, that sort of thing, and also um, uh. Uh, synthetic rubbers, so you know, flexible, so you can make flexible parts. Critical for keeping some of these carts on on the track, and uh, as you said, for just storing things away safely, um, is also a handy, handy, a lot of handy items to have. Yeah, yeah, and it sort of it enables you to to um, you know. One of the there's a there's a there's a drag racing saying that says. All, all hemi parts are interchangeable after you machine them, and it's kind of the same with carding. Where there's a lot of products out there that that kind of work for most stuff, but um, being able to print something means you don't have to tool tool up for it. So you can design something very specific to what somebody needs or what you want, and um, you know without a huge outlay and a huge cost. So it's good. Now you've raced all over the states, and from memory, you won the Southern Zone Series uh, as a junior. Yeah, yeah, I won. I won it a few times. I won so I won midgets in the Country Classic Series when it was called that. 
um, uh, won junior national light, junior national heavy, senior national light. I think I might have won clubman light one year or placed one year. Um, yeah, it was, it was always been a great series. It's a magnificent series, and we um, we never really, you know, dad. Dad's philosophy was always work out what your budget is and then work out what you can best do with that budget. So we sort of tried not to be too delusional and and recognise that, that we were better off spending money doing Southern Zone and, and, and stuff like that rather than um, rather than do something that was going to be more expensive and not do it properly. Um, and yeah, it was always a, a lot of fun. It always there was always a lot of good people and, and they're good tracks and yeah, got a lot of fun memories of doing that. Mm. But you took out, uh, well, I think it was you. You took out a dirt kart championship as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was back in the mid two thousands. Two New South Wales state championships and one national. Yeah, what what made you try out dirt karting? Um, well, I, I, curiosity, I guess. Um, and and I mean, I mean, Forbes had a had a really good little dirt circuit, um, which is you know, um, it's only an hour and a half away from Orange, so it's quite it was quite convenient. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, it's it's nice to not limit yourself to one discipline, so to speak. It's you know it's always good to try new things. So um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Different skill set required to race on the dirt over the asphalt. Uh, I I don't think so. Um, it's just a bit. It's just a bit different. Um, most. Most of those skills, in one way or another, are transferable through, you know, through most sort of racing, most, um, you know, anything with four wheels sort of thing. Um, it's just kind of how you apply them, I guess. Now, more recently, during this COVID shutdown, you've been making face shields and ear protectors and a number of different things to help uh, medical professionals and other people who want to keep themselves safe. How did that come about? Um, I, I, uh, I've been watching, um, you know, just through social media and a few other things, sort of what was going on in, in other countries. Um, and, you know, I've got a few friends over, um, in, in, in Europe and in, you know, especially in Italy and that sort of thing. Uh, and I could see that it, I could like earlier, earlier than when it sort of hit here, you could see that it was getting pretty bad and, a lot of the maker communities um, started to uh, look at producing a lot of these items, and so I kind of, I just thought it would be, you know, if I've got the gear, it'd be good to be able to to help out if it's um, if it's actually helpful, sort of thing. So I, I found a good. I actually didn't design the face shields. I just found a very good design um, that was open for um uh it had a public license on it um printed one showed a couple of people showed a couple of people locally and that sort of thing and then 
Um, there seemed to be a bit of a demand um, that and the and the year savers and sort of we. My wife Lara actually put a post on um, a Facebook page called Buy from the Bush, and it just went it just went nuts. And um, yeah, so we've been. Well, I think I think we've done about eight hundred or so face shields now. Um, you know, it's yeah, so it's been good. It, 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 it kept us going and made sure that we had uh, money coming in the door and, and also got people the, um, the PPE that they needed, so it's great. What do you do under normal circumstances? You're running your own engineering business. Is that full-time? Yeah, so so I, um, I, I don't have a lot of large equipment. Um, so 3D printing is one thing, and I also have a little I have a website that sells 3D printers and, and um, you know, consumables, that sort of stuff. Um, and I do uh, CAD design and, and I guess you'd call it sort of project management and, and that sort of stuff. So um, sort of do that, I guess, call one call it freelance or whatever for a few different companies. Mm, and that uh, can be found at, is it T? tprengineering.com.au? Yeah, tprengineering.com. Uh, .com. Um, yeah, and, the, and the, the 3D printers website's just tp3d.com.au. And I know right now there are a lot of guys out there who are looking at getting their old retro cart back up and running, so you could certainly help them out there for those components that they might be missing. Yeah, for sure, and 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 obviously, um, I'm on the RKA race board, so uh, and even if I wasn't, uh, yeah, more than happy to help them find what they need as well. You know, and try and steer people in the right direction for sure. Yeah. Well, Chris, thanks for your time here on the Cart Report, and uh, we wish you all the best. As uh, hopefully, you'll be back out racing soon. Yeah, thanks, Craig, and yeah, all the best to you guys down there too. That's all we have time for this week on the Cut Report. Thanks to Chris Peen. Hope you can join us next time round.